bass guitar and Ken Head's fleece jacket skidded across the highway when we was on the way to Dumas last week. We got the bass guitar, but we ain't found that tan fleece jacket. So if y'all happen to see it laying along the road there somewhere, Stop it, up. it belongs to Ken Head. <laughs> Thank you. 
Y'all know there's going to be a meeting in there? Amen. If y'all believe that, say amen. Go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 13. I'll begin reading with verse 22 in just a second. All right, let's uh, stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. In Acts 13, you're probably already there. Verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. Let us pray. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would just lead us and guide us this morning to hear the most awesome message in the world, not the one that I'm preaching, but the message from your Holy Word. May your Holy Spirit speak straight to our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The message to share with the world. It is a great message. Uh, It is the job of every pastor to preach uh, to his people, to preach to you. I um, have that honor and privilege. I count it a privilege uh, not only to be your pastor, but pastor has the idea of just being an under-shepherd. And also this morning to preach his word is a privilege. And I'm glad that you and I can share this this morning. I was amused and really enjoyed the messages. I was amused because Brother Terry, Don Williams, I don't know if he goes by Don anymore, but just Brother Terry Williams, uh, uh, brother to Brother Kenny, who used to pastor here, preached the opening message for the state association meeting. It was uh, just a great message. It had to do mainly aimed at preachers, but for everyone there, all laymen included, but just talked about the pressures of, of being a pastor. And uh, a lot of the times uh, he talked about weight limits, burdens that uh, different ones carry. I loved his illustration. I know on Promised Land Road right down here, uh, there's a weight limit sign. Trucks cannot are not supposed to go down Promised Land Road uh, if they're over a certain weight limit. And uh, it was pretty interesting, the illustrations. He said, uh, and this is... Uh, an old uh, illustration how that, uh, and many of you have experienced this in your life. You don't have to be a pastor to experience this, but you know, during your day, uh, you can have somebody, you know, say something to you or something negative can happen at work or something. And throughout your day, you know, it's kind of like if all of us had a, a big old digital readout right here and, uh, you know, and as your day goes through, you know, people unload or say something negative or criticism to you, and it increases that burden, that weight limit you carry. It's called stress. And, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, whether it be in your day or, or my day as a pastor, you know, people can do this, people can do that, people can do that. And uh, he said, uh, you know, sometimes my, my weight limit has been reached. My weight limit, and you wearing that sign, I've, I've exceeded my weight limit. In other words, I'm carrying all the burden, all the stress I can't carry anymore. 
And, you know, Jesus is the one. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We talked about the burden last Sunday night. And uh, and I got tickled also, which is an old uh, uh, way that a lot of people, I mean all over uh, the world, uh, picket preach, especially in the U.S., especially, uh, they said, man, I wish that I had a preacher's job. Just work three hours a week. That'd be great. And uh, Terry said the other day he had the perfect response. He said, uh, listen, the person that said, I wish I had your job, the war, I mean, the he said, the, the, the bookstores are full of Bibles and churches need pastors. Get you a Bible and get after it if you think you can do better. Okay? And uh, there's very few people in line to take our job from us. <laughs> there are lots of people have advice, but nobody wants to take the job. You know, that's, but the greatest thing about the job is this, is that we get to preach an awesome message. It's not because we preach it that makes it awesome. It's because God told the story in his holy word, and he begins it here. As Paul starts out, Paul shared a message that whenever he was sent out to his people, the people he had never met. Uh, earlier this week, matter of fact, I think it was Tuesday, I was headed into town, making a lot of trips into town. And uh, and so that day there was, I mean, I had to go in for this and to take the kids to school. And then I had to go back for this. And then you just one of those days. And, and I said, well, I challenged my BTC class uh, that I teach. I said, I want you to hand a track to somebody you don't know. And uh, that's, you know, going a little bit above normal. So I said, you know what, I, I need to uh, do that. And then I stopped. And right there in front of the nursing home, the old nursing home here in Hamburg, there was uh, a bunch of high schoolers. And I recognized them right off the bat. And I didn't know them. And uh, so I walked up. I pulled over there. They were painting a fire hydrant red. And uh, so I jumped out and I said, do, do any of y'all know me? And they said, no, we don't know you. I said, okay, well, that's perfect because that's the homework assignment, to hand a track to somebody. And, so, of course, being kids, they love technology, so I whipped out my phone. I put it on video mode. I said, would well, one of y'all young ladies record this? And uh, they said, well, okay. I said, this is a homework assignment that I have assigned my class, and as a teacher, I'm going to do it myself. So I said, oh, yeah, yeah. So they know how to operate those things. They can grab them up and they can make them do anything. So she grabbed it up, hit record. I said, you record? Yep, recording. And so Gabe was standing there. I said, Gabe, have we ever met? And he said, no. I said, well, can I talk to you a second? And I said, he said, well, sure. And uh, so I took the time to uh, go through the tracks and we explained them all and did them all and got to talking about the Lord. I asked him where he goes to church and goes to church over across it at uh, Grace Church in Crossit, and anyway, and I asked him, I said, if you were to die today, Gabe, where would you go? He said, I'd go to heaven. He, I said, well, how do you know? He said, well, you know what? I'm not sure. And so well, and then we talked about asking Jesus Christ into our heart. He said, yeah, I've done that, and that's the reason I'm going to heaven. I think he was a little nervous, but uh, I was too. It was great, though. I never met Gabe before, and uh, after we turned off the camera, we visited some more. And I said the girls were excited to, to help out on that homework assignment. But the main thing is, is doing something that maybe you've not done in a while. And that is talking to somebody that you don't know. And that was the whole point of it all, is talk to somebody that I did not know. 
And uh, so I knew that they would uh, be willing to visit and to talk and to, whether it be, just invite them to church. You say, well, I don't know how to witness. Oh, by the way, that all that means is, is tell somebody how you got saved. Tell somebody how you got saved. That's the whole point of it all. Listen to this, this awesome promise, this message. Listen, of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, you don't have to turn over there, but you can. But it says this, that whenever Joseph was finding out that Mary was expecting, and he said, oh no, what in the world has happened? My engaged to be wife is come up pregnant. What in the world's going on? Well, the angel Gabriel come down and said, listen, that which is conceived of her is the Holy Ghost, and his name shall be called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Folks, Jesus is a promise. He's a promise from God. And this whole message that Paul is sharing is about an awesome opportunity that you and I have to go to heaven. You and I can have the opportunity to, to be with Jesus forever. I went by. And uh, while I was up there, the, I'd only been to Mountain View one time before. And me and uh, uh, Brother Jimmy Stale and Brother Norman went to Wayne Harper's funeral. And uh, and it was the uh, first time I'd seen the building. I'd never been to Mountain View before. And so this time was my second time to go up there. So I went up there, and <clears throat> and first time I'd ever been on the square any and all that. But I said, you know what, I'm going to go by and see my friend. Wayne Harper was our... Uh, uh, youth director whenever Karen and I were dating we've been he was the usher in our wedding he sang in our wedding he he was a, a great friend and as I visited there and we were talking about this but I didn't I didn't visit him I just visited his memory he's not there <laughs> he's not there his body may be there but he's not there the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and all of that comes about because of a promise and as we look to this great, great uh, time together, move on down. You know, what, what is all this about of this man's seed? Uh, verse 23 and then verse 24. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. Okay, and as John fulfilled his course, in other words, his assignment, he said, whom think ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham. Now who's speaking all of this? Paul. He's preaching at one of the places where he started a church. Okay? During his first missionary journey, he's preaching a message. And whosoever among you, notice verse 26, feareth God, to you is this word of this salvation sent. You know, the Bible says that this word of salvation is for us all. And we talk about Romans 3. The whole context of Romans 3 is that we're all sinners. Two of the most famous verses in Romans 3 is this. In Romans 3.10, it says, There is none good, no, not one. That's Romans 3.10. It also says, 
in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners, the Bible says, Jews and Gentiles. You know what Gentiles means? Other nations. That's the simple definition of the word. So you got the Jews. Why single them out? Because that's the nation through whom God chose to send his son. That's the only reason Israel's special. God chose, I mean, it all started with who? Abraham. He said, and then he gave Abraham a what? A promise. And through Abraham, this promise was fulfilled. It says, through your seed, Abraham, all the world is going to be blessed. Who came through Abraham? Jesus did. You see, that's the reason Israel is special. It is God. Think about it. Of all nations, God could have chosen any nation. He could have raised up or made any nation, and He did. He made a nation out of the loins, out of the offspring of Abraham. And He just needed Abraham to have faith and wait. He had a little trouble doing that. And, and all of a sudden, God brought His promise through. So we're all in need of a, uh, of a Savior. That's because we've all sinned. Folks, everybody in this room, from the preacher, from the pulpit to the pew, we've all sinned. That's why we need a Savior. Look on down to verse 27. Now, He's still preaching. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers... Because they knew Him not. Who's Him? Jesus. They knew Him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets. In other words, they heard Jesus preaching, but they didn't believe Him. They heard the prophets prophesying, but they didn't believe them either. Which are read every Sabbath day. Talking about the Old Testament. They have fulfilled them in condemning Him. Condemning who? Jesus. Alright? And then it says... And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all, folks, that everything that Jesus did accomplished everything on the cross of Calvary. Everything, it says, and when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree, they laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him from the dead. Folks, this is good news. Jesus is alive. That's good news. That's why we worship on a Sunday. I mean, think about it all through the years. I remember even hearing prayers, people that kind of let their Sabbaths and their Sundays run together. The Sabbath is not a Sunday. Sabbath is a Saturday. We don't worship on Saturday. We worship on Sunday. Why? Because that's the day that Jesus rose from the grave. And that when in the New Testament, if you read the book of Acts, you know, what is the title? If you turn over to the front of your book of Acts, what does it say? The Acts of the Apostles. And what did they do? They spread the gospel. Because why? Jesus rose from the grave. Peter was a fence straddling, halfway committed Christian. He's a, he was an apostle. But folks, he told Peter said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. You know what converted means? Fully given in and fully given over. How many of us would say this morning that you're fully given in and fully given over to telling others this message here this morning? This message, I'm, I'm, I want to tell anybody that will listen. I want to share this good news that Jesus died and rose again. This is exciting news. Move on down. Verse 31. 
And he was seen of many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are witnesses of the people. Folks, this is this is great. Let's just keep on going. All right. And we declare unto you glad tidings. It doesn't say sad tidings, does it? I mean, we come to church and I'm preaching to y'all this morning. And y'all are serious, I can tell, because y'all are all going. Y'all, I'm glad. I'm glad y'all are serious. Y'all look serious. And uh matter of fact, Caleb, when he was little, he couldn't say serious very good. He said, Dad, you look serial. I may have looked like a serial killer to him. I was about to get him. And, Dad, you look serial. But y'all look serial this morning, Okay. But what does that say right there in God's Word, not Michael's Word, not your Word, not a a, a made-up Word? What does it say? It says, glad tidings. We declare, verse 32, he's, man, he's alive, he's risen. We declare unto you what glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, It's also written in the second psalm. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. In other words, they were having conversations way back when. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is all how it's going to go down. Jesus knew. He says, I'm going to be obedient to my dad. I'm going to be obedient to my father. And he says, he's praying the whole time. Lord, I just, you know, give me the strength. Give me what I need. Before they're walking on the water, he's up on the mountaintop praying. Before we can have victory, we got to prepare. All right. Uh, Keep reading. Verse 33, God fulfilled the same unto us their children in that he hath raised up Jesus. Uh, all right, that, okay, verse 34, getting back behind. And as concerning that he hath raised him up from the dead, now no more to corruption. He hath said on this wise, or in other words, this occasion, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to see corruption. I like the way one uh, preacher said it uh, one time. You know, when Jesus, think about this, basically, they, they took him down from the cross. When they took Jesus' body, the Bible says this about Jesus. It says, what does it say whenever he put, it said it's finished, and, and to thy hands I commend my spirit. Remember those final words? And he, what does it say? He yielded up the ghost. He gave up the ghost. His spirit left his body. When they took his body off of that cross, he was nailed to the cross for you and me. When his spirit wasn't there, he wasn't in a coma. He didn't pass out. And when they put that sinless body at the time, but on that sinless body had been laid all the sins of the world, your sins and my sins, but they put it in the tomb. Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, all those guys kind of came out and said, we're tired of living in the shadows. I want to be involved. Are you tired? You know, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. You remember Nicodemus is the one he witnessed to in John chapter 3 when Jesus spoke the most famous verse in all the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That famous verse was spoken at night to Nicodemus. And all of those, and so, and Nicodemus kind of said, I'm tired of living in the shadows. I don't care what people say about me. I want to help bury this man who I believe is the Son of God, the Messiah. And they put him in the tomb. 
two things happened in that tomb. Number one, corruption could not touch him. You know, over there, corruption's touching those bodies. They're, they're decaying. Our bodies decay. Corruption, and also, guess what? Death couldn't hold him. <laughs> Death couldn't hold him. Two things happened in that tomb. He did not. Corruption, according to my Bible, and I believe God's Word above any commentary, above whatever, corruption didn't touch Him. And death couldn't hold Him. Folks, this is great news. Why? Because He did it all so you and I could have a home in heaven because we don't deserve one. It's by His grace we're saved. By His grace you have an address up in heaven with your name on the mailbox. In a home that you can say, that's where I'm going to live, not for 20 years, not for 30 years, you're, we're going to be retired forever and have endless ages to sing His praises. Forgiveness of sin. Verse 37, But He whom God raised again saw what? No corruption. Verse 39, 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. I can see Paul preaching this sermon, and he's getting personal now. He's getting personal. Matter of fact, as I keep going in just a second with y'all, I'm just going to get real personal because folks, we're listening, we're listening, we're listening, but in a minute, We're going to have an invitation and it's going to be between you and God. And right now, Paul's winding up his message. And he's saying, listen, all this is for you. It's your decision. Verse 39 says, And by Him, all that believe are justified from how many sins? From all things from which you could not justify by law. You can't be good enough to be saved. The law of Moses, and it says it there, couldn't save, didn't save anybody. You could, you could be perfect. Did you know that you could live perfectly? Of course, it's not possible. Even if you did, you're still a sinner. The Bible says you're born one. You don't become one. That's why we need a Savior. Because if the blood of bulls and goats and keeping the rules got us saved, then Jesus was useless. Now lastly, is a warning. Verse 40. Behold, and here this morning, there's some people in verse 40. 41 describes, verse 40 says, Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, you despisers, and wonder, and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe, Though a man declared unto you.
And today, I'm that man. How do I know? Because God sent a message. And folks, I'm no better or less than a man that, like Paul or Saul. I'm just a messenger, a prophet, Elijah, Moses. We put them on a pedestal, but all these guys had, are just like me, they had failings in their life. They had struggles and sin. We all do. But God laid the message on my heart, and now it's up to you. The message of Jesus. A message of repentance. You know when it says John preached the message of repentance, you know what that means? A baptism of repentance, actually. But it means a, a change. To repent means to change. Said, I'll baptize you. Have you changed? Moses was just showing that you need a Savior. And that Savior is one coming after me, John said. And he is the Son of God. And now you and I have a record of his whole life. And he's still alive today. What will you do with Jesus as we prepare for a hymn of invitation? Father, as we bow our heads together, may we not despise, and that just means to, <clears throat> to reject your message. And Father, if you are burdening us, because you want us to do something. You want us to respond to you. You want us to respond to, to your word. Father, I pray that we lay it all on the line. If we have been halfway committed, that we would be fully committed this morning. And if we're living in... in uh, the sadness of this world, if we're caught up in the gloom and the doom of this world, that we'd take our eyes off that for just a few minutes and turn them to you. Because you do have a message, as your word says, is glad tidings. Glad tidings. It's good news. It's good news. Father, I thank you for that good news. In Jesus' name, amen.